When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that wants you to know. Sending a wave on Facebook Messenger after 11 p.m. means I really want to bottom you. <laughs> that seems very specific. It, it is. Okay. It does and it is. <laughs> Agreed. Great. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Home. Oh, no. Home. Home, no. <laughs> Hold oh, on. I'm Something's too loud. On. Yeah. We're going to talk about medication. <laughs> We're going to talk about meditation. Not medication. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, let's make that joke three more times, and then we'll really lock it in there. You know me. What? Repeat it till it's dead. <laughs> um, but first... But first... Uh, news? Yeah. Do we have any corrections? Mm, We're perfect. Nope. So yep. that's fine. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the news, I guess. Yeah. Okay, this feels abrupt. Why does this feel abrupt? Why does the news feel abrupt? Is it because we're actually getting, we're moving the show along. We're, we're not, <laughs> we're not spending an hour doing God knows what. I don't know. I think you're just trying to put off the news. Is there shitty things again? Not too bad. Okay. Okay. Not too bad. Uh, so first news, the first guess what happened in Virginia? Uh, uh, we legalized same sex cow marriage. Yes. Cool. I'm glad I guessed it on the first try. News number two. Great. Uh, no, they passed comprehensive anti-discrimination legislation that advocate the advocates said makes the state the first in the South to enact such protections for LGBTQ people. Um, it passed 59 to 35 in the House and 30 to 9 in the Senate because it's run by Democrats now, which is not something I think of when I think of Virginia, but it's true. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, idiots and religious freedom and you're fucking up our jesus or something is this stuff like you can't fire gay people it doesn't this is bad oh here we go the legislation prohibits discrimination in housing public and private employment public spaces and credit transactions on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity credit transactions they cannot give us credit or charge our credit cards if you're gay you can put everything on your sears card now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would think gay people would have tons of credit card debt. I yeah. I, I mean now they can have more Yay. in Virginia. Okay, Congratulations. Great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So the legislation also extends protections on the basis of other characteristics, including pregnancy, childbirth, related medical conditions, age, and status as a veteran. Oh, cool. It's the gay part that people are pissed about. Of oh, course. oh yeah, right. obvi. <laughs> um but yeah. Anyway. Nice. That's it. Virginia is slightly better now. <laughs> Thanks, Virginia. It's actually it's actually a really big deal because it's because it's Virginia because Democrats are rapidly coming to power there, which is weird. Yeah. This is a a comprehensive bill, so it's the same types of protections that we have in other like left coast states like Washington that we're in. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. And this is the shit that has not moved through like the federal. Like the federal level. I mean, there's still time to undo it. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Equality Act that hasn't gotten through. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very worried that if any of these things get taken up to the Supreme Court with the freedom of religion, that it's not going to yeah. go in our favor. But okay, great. 
gay can be why don't we just say gay is a religion i say gay okay okay <laughs> i mean okay <laughs> what what would it what would it like you go to gay church on saturdays uh, i would have to not interfere oh it could be like saturday like early evening which is why we're also late to the bars yeah and it'd be like you know there'd be uh, communion but only the wine and Spell none come. of the com- communion <laughs> and none of the other things and a lot drink a lot of blood so ah. much blood oh that's a cocktail right um i haven't decided if it's that or just a ton of red wine <laughs> great or water because we can keep some of the things we like but like no, no body of christ because we don't like carbs <laughs> <laughs> the taint of christ yeah <laughs> um okay good yeah okay great we Elton John is our savior. Oh, yeah. Let's kill him. <laughs> See if he wakes up in three days. I mean, he's got to be like pretty well preserved on the inside already, <laughs> don't you think? Like, I think he has been that a lot. Disney style, like, save my head when when it gets to the end. Oh my god! And our hymnal can just be the soundtrack of the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gay. Put People it in. Jump, penguins on the bottom. <laughs> what is that it's a thing it's how you're it's making fun of that song that right. what they're chanting in the background is pink pajamas penguins on the bottom carly <laughs> told me that first i oh. think anyway great um i don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on this but we should say that mm-hmm. pete Buttigieg is the first gay person to win a caucus <laughs> caucus he barely knows us um he, <laughs> did he really win he I won know. iowa that is more or less certain after the last uh counts that were out as of friday uh 26.2 percent to bernie sanders is 26.1 percent wow but uh this is a different kind of hanging chad situation yeah. all the chads outside were like i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that means that means he has actual delegates going to the convention right so Anybody can fucking run, but unless you get delegates, you're not really a candidate. Yeah. He's really a candidate. Yeah. Like, there's a, now a gay person that legit has made, like, forward progress on the national stage. And Yeah, yeah. And regardless of your opinion of him, that's huge. That's that's really big to, to have someone even that uh, far along in the presidential run. Yep. There's also that viral video going around of the woman at the Iowa caucuses mm-hmm. who is, <laughs> didn't know he was gay. I'm like, yeah. who the fuck? fuck are you that how you did, don't know that he's gay how did you miss that <laughs> like his husband is like out there with him mm-hmm. maybe yeah. she doesn't follow them on instagram yeah well yeah i'm trying to be positive kyle <laughs> good job <laughs> it's not yeah okay great news the last yeah uh it is black history month welcome to february I was going to say something in French. That's not black at all. Um, Unless you're in New Orleans. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works either. But <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, so we talked about him uh, during just right before Martin Luther King Day. And uh, Bayard Rustin, who is the LGBTQ rights icon, uh, just last week, he, I mean, he's dead. So a lot of good it does him. But uh, he, the California's governor has pardoned him because in 1953 he was found having sex with two men in a parked car in Pasadena and um, he served 50 days in Los Angeles County Jail and had to register as a sex offender. Oh, fuck. Before returning to his home state of New York. He died in 1987, but 
has always had that on his record that, yeah. and he's just he's just gay it's fine yeah i mean that <laughs> um, sucks but that's also why he sort of had to stop working for dr king's campaign huh. and the whole thing about like would would dr king have been on board or not it's who knows dr junior mike okay. come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah but i mean a sex offender man yeah. that sucks it sort of reminds me I of like i want to fuck a dude so bad <laughs> That I get a, a sex offense on my record. <laughs> Which surprises you more that it took California 50 something years to, um, no, 70 years ish to pardon this guy or 700 years for the church to pardon Galileo or Newton <laughs> or whoever the fuck it was. <laughs> um, I'm surprised they even like spent any time or attention on this oh. uh, thing, which is cool. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that really surprises me. Yeah. Alan Turing, did he get pardoned for anything? Eventually, yeah, yeah. But he invented the internet, yeah, or computers anyway, yeah, or yeah. at least good ones. And then we castrated him, and he killed killed himself. Yeah. So hey, great, happy Black History Month. And then here's we a bunch it. of white guys <laughs> that we're talking about. <laughs> but, but I I think it's 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 pretty great. Mayor yeah. Rustin has been has been pardoned by the state of California, and they're recognizing that that he is an important part of our history. And by our, I mean just not just the country, but also gay people. And it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's the news. Um, well. We should read uh we got a hundred words sent in oh yeah that's right so at a certain level in patreon if you send in a hundred words i'll read them doesn't and, matter and man it. here you go so here we go uh our hundred words today comes from peyton quirk happy valentine's quirk, day quirk, 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 quirk. <laughs> happy valentine's day nerds Hey guys, just wanted to say I love the podcast. The gay jokes and dark humor make my commute go by so quickly. Again, this is not the hundred words. You're not. <laughs> you get bonus words if you just write an email. I was just about to say I don't make the rules, Kyle. But then I realized that yes, you I do. Literally do. <laughs> uh, can I request my hundred word things be on the episode closest to Valentine's Day? See, we're accommodating sure. here, Kyle. Yep. Sure. Yes. Done. Come. <laughs> I don't know. Here we go. First, you can't make fun of my name more than Gaten Queek. Second. Sigap is a lame frat. Sorry, Mike. Someone needed to say it. Third, is it bad that I think Dan is my favorite guy on the podcast? Yes. He's not here today, so <laughs> we'll leave that to your imagination what happened to him. Uh, and most importantly, I want to wish an early happy Valentine's Day to my boyfriend, Greg. I met you a year ago, and I couldn't be happier. I love you, bro. He's been recommending the podcast forever, and I've been binging it since January. This weekend we started on Shakespeare. Nope, that's not that's not the thing at all. That's me. That's something I'm going to say later. <laughs> Foreshadow. He's been recommending the podcast forever, and I've been binging it since January, or binging it since January. Nope, Bin no one binging, does that except it. for thirty percent of the country. Anyway, uh, yeah. that's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, I know I made a farty sound, but that's your love is sweet and beautiful. Valentine's Day is stupid. It's for dumb people. Yeah. Unless you're in love, and then it's so fun. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't know. It's never really been my holiday. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, my ex-wife made me do it because Godzilla gets what Godzilla wants. And <laughs> uh, Trevor and I never really. I mean, we did stuff, but not like it was never I, a big deal. I don't want to like go out to dinner. I don't want to like do. I I dislike crowds more than I like Valentine's Day. Yeah. But I would at least want to like hold hands for an extended period of time or something sure you know something sweet i remember when i got my very first valentine's thing from a boy oh 
It was in college. No. (laughs) He broke up with me later, Uh very soon after. (laughs) But at the time, it was like so big to like, like get a sweet romantic present from a boy. Like, sure. It was, it was, it was big. Sure. How big? The gift gift was sex in the car with two men. (laughs) Wow. Uh, No, it was a little stuffed animal. Oh, you were a little stuffed animal too. (laughs) (laughs) This Valentine's Day, get your boyfriend a stuffed animal, meaning himself. Um, Also, I want to thank thank you for sending in those things. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, And even if you've done it already, you can do it again. So send them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also, I want to thank Patreon members. Nico Johnson. Ooh, he has the same last name as you. He has a sexier name than me, and I don't like it. Jerk. We'll, we'll rename him uh, Florgan Johnson. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Florgan. <laughs> uh, Steve Hartman, who has been sending us a lot of kind and uh, feedback and, and stuff, which has been really cool. So thank you, Steve Hartman. Is he Phil's brother? Go ahead. Yes. Was he on SNL, news radio? And news radio, yeah. Um, and then his wife killed him. Really? <laughs> so thanks, Steve Hartman um, and Scott Pearson. Scott Pearson. Scott Pearson, mumba <laughs> When he stuffed me like an animal. Jesus. <laughs> These are stringing together all the things we've talked about. Um, yep. So if you want bonus content, episodes, stuff, be able to send Mike 100 words. Yeah. Early ex- access to episodes and more stuff, then go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast and uh, it's i'm overwhelmed by how many people have already done that and it's very sweet and i appreciate all of you you're all my valentines i'm appropriately whelmed <laughs> you're regular whelmed. okay <laughs> um also dan is not here but he did send us uh, a lot of stuff to remind us of things to do yeah uh thank you fucking dan uh so a couple things it is a romantic awareness oh it's not a romantic awareness weed. It is a romantic, <laughs> or is it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you you're a romantic, so you might as well smoke some weed and yeah. chill out. Um, a romantic awareness week, and in the UK, it is currently LGBT History Month. Okay, so I'm totally aware, obviously, mm-hmm. of what a romantic is. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I totally, but I totes know, but just like for, for our listeners who are probably dumb, you should tell them. Wait, are you dumb, or do you actually know what it oh, is? I don't know what it is. Oh, I, okay, I, so, I have a guess. I have a guess. Like um, a romantic is like a means not, and romantic means romantic. So like you don't fall in love. I guess it's that easy. Um, yeah, it's it's uh people use uh asexual as kind of the the only thing like they that's the kind of one word but there are a lot of different things within um uh in that category a sexual would be um don't and it, it, like hard and fast rules are hot um no uh, <laughs> hard and fast rules are like are rough so I'm, I'm gonna give very generalizations like asexual not interested in sex a romantic not interested in romantic relationships yeah um uh, of course that doesn't mean never that could be sometimes or rarely um you know so there's a lot in there but um yeah so a romantic is not interested in romantic relationships well hmm. um opposite of me <laughs> yep you are romantic or something um and did the UK pick their LGBT history months to be the same as Black History Month because don't, they don't have black people there? Because they do. I don't like, think they care what we do. Like, I don't think they base anything off of oh. what we do. Well, okay. Yeah. 
Um, so happy those things to those people. Happy those things to those people. Yeah. Do you want to talk about meditation? Yeah. Let's talk about meditation. We're going to talk about meditation. I want to sing that Bono song, but change it to meditation. Okay. I'm trying real hard to be here and get it together because we, um, we started on Shakespeare this weekend and I'm just a stretcher case. I don't know. A stretcher case? It's the Polari word of the week, Kyle. Good job. You did it. Oh, oh, (laughs) wow. I recognized it. I responded. (laughs) I... I'm so happy for myself. Yeah, I'm okay. happy for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> More for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I deserve it. Yeah, stretch your case. That is Polari for exhausted. Like, oh. you're so tired, of, you're dead. Yeah, okay. I could kind of figure that out. I uh, context clued you a whole bunch. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> uh, stretcher case. Stretcher case. What's the case part? Like a case, like, like uh, you know, you've got a case file because you're a patient or you're a client or you're a, you know, like a criminal. Like, sure. You're a case, an example of. Yeah. Oh, got it. I'm an example of a dead dude in a stretcher yep. because I'm so tired. Yep. Okay. You're a stretcher case. Um, your, no one, your eek shows how much of a stretcher case you are. Yep. It doesn't, but I just wanted to use it in a sentence. My Raya does, man. I slept on this shit. Like, <laughs> out of control. Good thing we're going to be on camera with hot guys from LA now. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, no, it really will. But yeah. Um, stretch a case. Stretch a case. Take a nap. Polari. Uh, <laughs> uh, is what is nap in Polari probably like pan or something? Maybe. Oh man, God, maybe pansexuals just love naps. I love naps. <laughs> I'm a pansexual. I'm a nap sexual. <laughs> That's just a. Um. Okay. 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 Meditation. Meditation. Um. Do you do or care about meditation? What's your meditation relationship? I have. Um. I mean, I have a weird religious background, so there's like a lot of like times in my life when I have been a prayer. Um, weird religious background, just in that religion is weird, or are you like a Seventh Day Adventist or something? No, 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 nothing like crazy. I mean, I, I tried all the Christian ones basically: Baptist and Methodist and Catholic, <laughs> and like, like a sampler pack of yeah, the Christian yeah. religions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And really, it was just like following my friends wherever they went. But there were times when I more or less bought into it and like was a prayer or whatever. So. Then, um, you know, I, I've a couple of times thought I'm going to meditate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking do it because <laughs> everybody says it's good for you. Yeah. So here I go. Yeah. I'm going to eat gluten free and meditate. And, <laughs> um, I just can't. Why not? What, what, is, what I, happens when you try to like 94 seconds into it? I just can't not think about things and Mm, like my mm. brain like it's supposed to stop your brain from being stupid it does not work well okay or i get too distracted but i'm add kyle but that's the point yeah um is that you you don't have to be this i so i actually think it might be good for you given you're saying those things like you don't have to be perfect at it and in fact you can't be perfect at it particularly when you first start like the way my my last therapist recommended it to me because did you punch her no, I, I actually, well, because I don't believe in like the universe and like, yeah. you know, Mercury or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's like, so when she presents things, my last therapist would say, there's science that says doing this helps with symptoms of depression and sure. helps. Oh no, that was helps rewire things in your brain. But I think that was actually, I think that's EDM ketamine. And the, <laughs> no what's there's some other form of therapy that oh the rapid EMD, eye movement yes thing? yes that yeah. rewires yeah. connections here yeah. emdr emdr nope nope i don't think that is anyway uh yeah and, and what, how she described it is don't 
punish yourself like so you so you basically you're trying to clear all your thoughts and just not think about anything so you could just focus on your breathing um and i can't tell if you're trying to meditate or just if you're angry <laughs> okay <laughs> you did it <laughs> meditation complete um and if your mind starts to wander if you start to think about things i should say when you start to think about things because you will um then you don't it's not bad you don't punish yourself you just try to bring yourself back and uh, and get back to focusing on your breathing again yeah and it is i've become more and more like obsessed or not obsessed but like just so on my phone all the time like i can't watch a tv show without also playing candy crush like okay i just and so to put down everything so those times that i think you're working hard on the podcast you're actually like not doing fuck all no i'm working hard <laughs> and playing candy crush <laughs> i'm crushing it and crushing it great um so like to put everything down turn everything off and just sit mm -hmm. and just breathe mm-hmm it's very difficult, but I, I think helpful. I've gotten out of the habit of doing it, but sometimes just I'll be sitting there like you also don't have to, you know, making it into a big thing of like, I have to clear out a space and come up with a, a meditation blanket and put on my meditation songs, which I guess that would just be silence. I don't know. Um, Let me turn on the Your meditation album on Spotify. Tibetan singing bowls or whatever. Sure. The hell oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think meditation's gay? I mean, we can, we can talk to Justin about it, but interesting like is that like a stereotypical i mean i think gay thing a, a a dude that's like a dude that's super into meditation is either gay or goes to burning man a lot like <laughs> I, I think um i think any kind of mental health awareness or or practice is not stereotypically masculine because dudes are not supposed to have to deal with feelings they're just supposed to man up they're supposed to be tough enough to deal with anything so yeah i think any kind of mental health practice or because <laughs> taking care of yourself means you're a pussy <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> also unrelated take care of your pussy <laughs> um yeah so i think it is a little bit gay okay Good. And uh, just Michael Williams, who we've had on before to talk about uh, L.A. gays, mm -hmm. um, is now coming on again. Um, we'll be talking to him shortly. He uh, wrote a book about meditation. It is called Stay Woke, a book. Nope. A <laughs> we should know this. Stay Woke, uh, a meditation guide for the rest of us. So it is focused on queer people, on black people, on um, millennials. And so it'll be interesting to talk to him a little bit more about meditation and uh, what works and and what his book is about. Yeah, Justin Michael Williams. I'm JM kind of, Dubs. I, I don't want to fuck up his name. I don't, <laughs> okay, I'll focus on his name. You focus on the name of his book. <laughs> Wait, why do I have the hard one? <laughs> uh, Viagra? <laughs> <laughs> if this episode lasts more than four hours, please consult your podcast catcher. Okay, great. Great. Yeah. Uh, so should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Meditation break. Mm. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> we, you, you said that like to finish. Like, we are definitely I'm back. I'm so surprised. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're here with Justin Mike Williams. Thanks for coming back on. Yes, I'm so excited to be back with you guys. Um, it's great. We're excited to have you back on. You wrote a book, which is very impressive. We'll talk about that in a second. But I wanted to start with, we were having a conversation before you got on. 
The question is, is meditation gay? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's like amazing because it's probably the best question I've ever been asked on a ever. Great. That's the is podcast, guys. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Is meditation gay? Okay, can, I want to hear more about what you guys were discussing so I can figure out how to fall in line here with um, this Sure. Question. So my, my point was, I think if I think of a dude who meditates, he probably gay. No, or... <laughs> is like super hippy dippy like eats granola so i think that meditation is an above average amount of gay <laughs> that's really interesting okay so i will disagree with okay. you big time and the reason why i would disagree so meditation i would say is definitely something that i feel like a lot of the gay community is is getting into but in the spaces that i've been in the reason why even writing this book was so important to me it's like a very hetero space very, very much so. And like the people that we're seeing meditating, which is why I think there's like this kind of myths or this stigma that needs to kind of break is, you know, like the NBA and the military now have like meditation, like the oh, Lakers wow. and the Oakland War the Oakland Warriors have a meditation room that's like required in their locker room. Interesting. And what? so it's like being used very much by people who are like high performance, like it's being used in the military and the air force. And, and then in like more of the hippy dippy world, of course, it's always been like that, but mm -hmm. that world is a lot more hetero than you might think. And it's really fucking confusing because you think all the guys are gay. Cause they're like really soft and like really thoughtful. <laughs> and they like look you in the eyes. And, like, you're like, Oh great. Oh God. Great. I found somebody at this retreat center. And then they're like, Oh, my and then they use the word partner, which I, I think is not fair. Partner confusing. is so confusing now. Yeah. That's not fair. You no, know, I'm for like sure, for sure. And because that now that we don't know, and then they're like, "Oh, my partner," and you're like, "Are you gay?" And then next thing you know, they have kids and a wife, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." Well, initially when you said hetero, I thought you may might have meant like fifty year old white ladies, because that's another stereotype that mm, I have yeah. about meditation and and yoga and and like things that are sort of in this in this in this space but, but like the army that surprises me i had no yeah. idea yeah it's amazing there's a, um, a woman who i work with her name is amishi jaw and she's a colleague of mine and she is uh her whole thing is called like the mbat and you can see the logo it's like this like looks like an army like logo and it's like mindfulness based attention training and it's like the army's using it because what this is the thing what's happening in the world right now about meditation is it's going from being this kind of woo woo spiritual thing into being a thing that science is now proving mm, yeah. has like major benefits for your attention for your focus for your productivity for getting shit done and so now other people are taking it on that's what i why my uh therapist recommended it and yeah i, I think things that have the science backing are the things that i believe not the kind of I don't know, woo-woo part of things, for me at least. So. Kyle, Kyle's not what we call spiritual. No. It's like whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skeptical? Yeah. Very skeptical. Just De of dead everything. Inside. A little bit dead inside. <laughs> I'm not skeptical about that. Well, here's what I'll say about the skeptical thing. Um, I'm actually like, I say that I'm like half woo, half skeptic, mm. because I actually totally geek out on the science and I love the science and it, it really intrigues me a lot to know about like the neuroscience and what's going on with the brain when we are doing these practices. And I'm also spiritual and I, and I love connecting into that something greater and being in like the mystery of it all and trying to manifest. But what's amazing is science is actually really catching up 
with what these ancient mystics somehow knew like thousands of years ago and they're literally just proving it all. And so when I was going through my book, one of the things I did is I worked with the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley and they literally only study the science of like happiness, mindfulness, joy, compassion, awe to see how these things are functions in the brain because of the sheer fact that we're experiencing them, then there has to be some function in the brain that was created. Like there has to be a reason why we experience joy. It's not just an accident, you sure. know? Yeah. And um, so they study all this stuff. And so I luckily worked with the director of that center to put a bunch of science in the book for all the skeptical people and for the people who just like to geek out on it to show like, yes, this this is woo woo and it's backed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You mentioned there needing to be a change and, and destigmatization of this, especially with gay people. Why why specifically? I mean, you talk about the LGBT community, the black community. Why why do they need specifically meditation or a different guide for meditation? Yeah. So here's the thing. Like there's this idea that meditation is this thing that's just supposed to help you like relax and like relieve stress. And when you're like super privileged and you are not having to go through anything, that's <laughs> definitely can be top of your priority list. But I think for most of us, people who grew up with trauma, the LGBTQ community, us like growing, many of us growing up like hiding ourselves and then really spending a lot of our adult lives like learning how to become ourselves again and really learning who we really are and how to move in the world and spaces not basing our lives based off other people's expectations and what we thought we're supposed to do or how we even fit into the norms of what's accepted within our own community, which can be limiting at certain times. But meditation is this amazing practice that is scientifically proven to actually help you get in touch with your authentic self, the desires that you really have for your life. It helps you overcome the trauma. It helps you process the things that are actually holding you back and that are hiding in the shadows without us even knowing it sometimes. And so I say that meditation, sure, you can use it to relax if you want, that's almost automatic. But for me, meditation is actually about becoming more alive, becoming more connected to our passions, becoming more connected to our emotions, being able to live a life that we really actually love and not that's just one of the status quo. And I think, for anyone who's grown up and in any marginalized community, doing these kinds of practices is totally revolutionary because we are able to then use the practice to undo a lot of the junk that's been put on top of us. And and I will just say, because we're talking science here, that is something that's been completely proven by science. It's like using mindfulness practices are an intervention to help you bring up the stuff that has been push down. And so many of us have so much practice pushing shit down. Yeah. We've gotten so good at that, you know? You mentioned authenticity and that really that word really jumps out because I think, you know, gay people especially have learned to in the closet hide all of their gay stuff like be anything other than their authentic self because that's what society and their situation demands of them and often so, when you come out you have to like unravel that like what part of this was me like there's pieces of me in my past and what it what of that is actually me and what was I just faking and what did I think I liked that I didn't like and it, it's very confusing to even figure out like who the fuck you are once you come out but connecting with authenticity your authentic self I think is something that gay people really have to learn how to do yeah yeah it's true and I mean the thing is is most of us and not everybody what's amazing is the generation that's growing up now they're having a totally different experience of this and in most communities and but for a lot of us like millennials and, and older like 
the thing that we got practice at the most, and and one of my friends, Shauna Shapiro, she always says, what you practice grows stronger. And what did all of us practice the most for at least probably like the first 16 to 18 years of our lives? Faking it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we really got good at faking it. And so then when we grow up and we're trying to figure out who we are, well, of course, because we don't know who, we haven't ever been ourselves. We've never been accepted for being ourselves. So this is a practice that actually helps you get in touch with that essential nature that's inside of you. So when I think of meditation, I think more of like quieting your mind and, uh, Mm -mm. okay. So (laughs) like, what's your kind of definition or like the, the kind of tangible meditation? Yeah. Do either of you guys meditate at all? We talked about this at the top of the hour before you came on. And, um, I, I have tried multiple times in my life and just have never been successful at it. So maybe, maybe your book will straighten me out. Not literally. Um, I, I do the more like, uh, not recently, but like the quiet your mind, uh, like breathing, uh, kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Which I like so, that when I do it because it's like I never don't think or have something like around me trying to like stimulate me. So, yeah. So here's the thing. Like <laughs> the reason why most people have such a hard time meditating and most of us feel like exactly what you said failing at it is because we have this idea in our head that the point of meditation is to get our minds to stop thinking. And I just want to like if we just think for a second very critically about that sentence, like that would be the equivalent of me saying Oh, in order to meditate, you guys, we got to get our hearts to stop beating right now. Mm. It just, it doesn't happen. The the thoughts are billions of neurons like smashing themselves together in your brain, creating thoughts. And our brain actually, science has proven now that our brains wander 47% of our day. That's average. So that's like coasting. We're missing like half the day thinking about shit that like we don't know. And what's also really interesting. Mike's like, brain is wandering right now. Well, no, I was, I, was, I was thinking like just like having my brain be a neuronal gangbang is kind of interesting. Like, That's exactly <laughs> what's happening. They're just like having a full on orgy and creating thoughts. And but here's a crazy thing about it is this is a fun like Snapple random fact. They um, <laughs> the thoughts that we have in that 47 percent of mind wandering, 50 percent of them are the same thoughts you've had the day before. It's like what they've studied. So we're having a lot of these same thoughts. And this is the thing. I think what most people say when they're like, I just want to get my mind to stop thinking, or I'm trying to get my mind to stop thinking, or I can't get my mind to stop thinking. I've been there. My first meditation class, which was over a decade ago, I fucking hated it. Mm -hmm. Like I literally was sitting there like, what the fuck is this? I like, how much longer do I have to sit here? I'm hungry. My knees hurt. My back hurts sitting in this weird ass position. And, you know, and that's how most of us experience. And it's because meditation is actually, it's the biggest myth. It's not about getting your mind to stop thinking. It's actually about getting your thoughts to work for you instead of against you. And that's what we actually really want. I think like we don't really need our minds to stop if they were working in our favor more frequently. And that's what the practice really shows us to do is how to be with our thoughts and help guide them in certain directions that help us towards our growth and our transformation. And so don't try to get your mind to stop. And the types of meditation that tell you to get your mind to stop, which there are many, some of them are good. But I find for most people in the world, those ones just feel like you're sitting there trying to stop thinking and you can't do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you, Mike. Well, you said you said the practice like capital P practice. Is that is that a is that a thing? Like I heard it. I, in your, I heard it in your voice. Like when you said the practice, you didn't just mean like practicing. Like you meant you meant something more structured or more uh, yeah. organized yeah. or something. 
Yeah, I did. So like when I look at, so there's two ways that I look at this whole thing of meditation. And one is looking at it as a daily practice with like a lowercase p, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like something that you have to do every day to get to get good at and to get better at and, and able to use it in different ways in your life. And then there's the capital P practice, which is sometimes like the different traditions or dogmas or styles of meditation that you like follow mm-hmm. and that are and that are out there. And here's something really interesting that I think your listeners might really enjoy. Like, do you guys know how meditation started? Wait, I think I read this in your press release. Is it monks? <laughs> I read the answer. I know the answer. Speaking of gangbangs. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Brief side note. Are you saying the monks fucked each other? Of course they did. I mean, we know nuns did. I assume the monks did too. (sighs) All right. Next on gayish monks. (laughs) And did they fuck? Okay, wait. (laughs) Back to monks meditating. This is the best. So, no, this is really interesting because the way meditation started was with a bunch of men who were monks and to be a monk way back then you had to like renounce your entire family renounce everything like sometimes sit under a tree for days without eating or drinking you're supposed to never have sex again i'm putting up air quotes right now (laughs) can't see that and um you know to in order to do that like i want you to imagine having to walk by your mother in a market and not speak to her and then not feel sadness about it because the sadness is distracting you from your devotion to god you know that's how intensely strict it was and to become a monk you had to do these practices to help you disconnect yourself from all of that. And the best practice that they created was meditation. And so for monks, meditation was this practice of disconnection. But there are many styles of meditation. Hmm. And the styles often that come from this monastic style, meaning coming from monks, they're great for some people. But for a lot of people who are type A, who are busy, who have long to-do lists, who have passion projects, who are entrepreneurs, who are doing things in the world, those practices feel like they're grating on our nervous system often. And people tell me this all the time because they're trying to dis. It's like a practice that's built to disconnect you when really what you want is to connect more. Mm. Like you want to, like, I think if we're going to practice anything, let's practice something that connects us more to our passions and more to our emotions and more to the people that we love in a deeper, more intimate way. Not one that tries to get us to stop thinking and disconnect from everything. And so I think, you know, for most of us, the reason we have so much trouble meditating is because we're practicing the wrong style of meditation. And that's the reason why I think this book is so important because it's putting it in the context of those of us who are type A. I'm like you guys, like I'm busy. I'm on the go. I have a lot going on. My mind's super busy. And when I sit down to meditate, it's not for me to sit here and stop thinking. It's for me to be more productive, get more shit done and become more alive. Yeah. You've talked a lot about the, or we've talked about the LGBT community, gay people. Um, you also, uh, specifically focus on the black community and also like a lot of combinations of underrepresented groups. What's the, um, what's the importance of those other groups as well? You know, it's interesting. We have a lot of, there's a lot of differences obviously amongst these things. Like when you, when you compare, I think one big issue that a lot of people in the black community have is when like the gay community like compares the black struggle to the gay community. Cause it's like, well, you guys, like we had slavery PS. (laughs) uh, Can we just remember that, you know? And so there's different struggles for sure. But at the end of the day, there is this similarity between all of us. And I think the liberation of one of our groups is dependent on the liberation of all of us. And the thing that the through line, that's a thread for everyone is we have these histories 
of people who have come before us who've like really had to work to let us have the freedom to even do this podcast that we're doing right now. You know, in some countries we would literally be killed for doing this. And that it, that goes forgotten oftentimes in our communities. And to also remember that right now in this moment, we're actually paving the way for the for the next generation, even though it doesn't feel like that because we're just doing what we do. But we are paving that generation forward. And so the thread here is that marginalized communities of all kinds, when we meditate and we actually learn to spend time uncovering the things that are holding us back, the traumas that are tucked under the rug that we haven't healed, that are controlling our lives from the background, and the ways that we can actually serve to move forward, then we're making a big difference for ourselves, for our families, the communities, and the future generations of of how these movements are going to move forward. Man, don't future generations, if you're listening to this podcast, listen to something different. <laughs> don't base your forward progress on this podcast, please. I would say, I would say you guys' shit is great. I love your podcast. Oh, I've been listening to it all the time since our last episode. So okay. I, okay, fine. You, you can listen. <laughs> okay, thanks. You just keep it so real. <laughs> um, something, uh, you're being nice to us, which makes me feel uncomfortable. So, um, uh, something that I saw that I think speaks a lot of what you're talking about as well is, this was on the on tricycle which is a website um and it is uh dr j michelson that wrote the this thing about discovering um his own self-hatred figuring out like do if i could be straight would i choose that and um you know he kind of realized like yes i i think if i really had to get down to it i would i would choose to be straight and uh, this this person not you this person yeah not me yeah 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 and uh so he'd like meditation was a big part of his like uncovering that and and trying to figure out what to do with that and um you know of course it's connected to uh societal um you know shittiness and and self-hatred so he one thing that i really liked in here is quote i saw that this sense that the self-hatred was deep down was bullshit the geology of the self is a fiction deep down inside what all that was actually Uh, going on were various beliefs and feelings. One belief, gay is bad, had the character of being long held. Another, gay is good, didn't. But the former belief wasn't really deeper or truer. On the contrary, I knew it to be a product of societal fear and delusion. It just happened to be older. Uh, Which I really liked that way to reframe the idea of self-hatred that um, it's just a a belief that I've had for longer. Like it's just something I've felt longer and you can change that yeah that's amazing and i think what he's talking about really is kind of an ode to one of the best benefits of meditation that's often a little hard for people sometimes especially people like us who've who have been hiding or or have dealt with some of these beliefs that we've had for longer um it's particularly around self-hatred and self-love and our bodies and all these different kinds of authenticity is When we sit down to meditate, what's going to happen is all the shit that we've been pushing down is going to start to come up to the surface because it's like, like, oh, great. Now I get a moment to like have it have somebody pay attention to me so that I can be healed or so that I can take act. They can pay attention to me and then take action to change it. And so what happens when a lot of us meditate is we sit down and we think we're going to have this like peaceful white light glowing experience. And what we end up having is this like oh my God, like I'm thinking about all this shit that I don't want to think about. Mm. And the thing is, is most people then think they did meditation wrong. And if you're 
think you're supposed to be doing the kind of practice where you're supposed to stop thinking, then you would be doing it wrong. But the practice that I think is most powerful and most useful for us is a practice that allows us to actually be with those emotions. People think meditation is supposed to make you feel good. It's just to mo- supposed to make you feel, period. Hmm. And so like that allows us to paint with like the full palette of our emotional wheel of sadness and anger and joy and happiness and fear and whatever so that we're not pushing stuff down and we can actually create the lives that we really want instead of creating our lives in avoidance of all the things that we don't want to face. My, you know? well, my therapist has been talking to me recently about, she calls it worry time, which that sounds similar to this of like, sit down and give yourself however much time to sit down and write all of your worries and anxieties down and uh, maybe 30 minutes where you just sit down and you like dedicate that time to it. Because other, I mean, for me, it's just like, all day every day so like there's a specific (laughs) time for it and i did it once and i was like oh i'm real sad now (laughs) like i like i and but then it it like after a little bit it it felt a little bit better um after an hour or two and this seems very similar to what you're talking about yeah it's actually like on i think this page two of my book i have this big text that says if you can worry you can meditate and that's because actually like the mechanism of worrying and meditation in the brain work exactly the same way so like think about it when you're worried you can be going throughout your day doing anything you can be working you can be exercising you can be talking to someone trying to do whatever and you'll keep somehow like coming back to this worry thought over and over like a mantra like a homing pigeon and meditation works exactly the same way but we replace the worry with something that we are choosing to focus on instead of letting our brain go into autopilot, which is again, the worries are based upon the things that we're pushing down and we're afraid to look at. And so when we build our capacity to be able to hold more and look at more, then the things that worry us end up not worrying us that much anymore because we're able to see it from a bigger picture. And so that's kind of how those things go together for me in meditation. I definitely wouldn't say it's a practice where you just sit and worry, but it is a practice where if your worries did come up, you allow them to, and even if they make you feel anxious, you allow them to without making it wrong. It's like, it's okay that I'm worrying. And, and sometimes the, the, you know, when you're worried and you feel that freaking like tense feeling in your body Mm -hmm. and like your head's kind of spinny, like that feeling is actually not from the worrying. It's from the resistance to worrying. It's from the energy you're putting in to try not to worry or how bad you think it is that you are worrying. Mm. And so meditation helps us hold the space without having so much judgment and self-criticism over what we're feeling. So what about the fear that if you open the door, it's just going to get worse instead of better? That it's like holding a microphone up to a speaker that it's going to start feeding back on itself and make things louder. Uh, is, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, that's one of my fears about getting in touch with that kind of crud that's underneath the surface is that it's going to, it's going to actually overwhelm me that like too much is going to come out or it's going to be emboldened rather than alleviated. I get that. I totally get that. Trust me. And you know, it's one of the things that it will do is it will amplify some things, but usually the things that are being amplified are things that you need to like take some action on or work on in our lives. And this is, this is what I say to people whether it comes up in your meditation practice with some like awareness and then you can act on it or it's, or you keep pushing it down and then it ends up seeping up in some other part of your life where it doesn't need to be, or it doesn't belong like in your body, in your health, in you flipping out on your partner and you constantly ruin relationships and you know, whatever it, it, it's going to show up somewhere. So we might as well let it show up in a way that's conscious so that we can take action of it. And, and I will say that some things are heavy. And so 
I tell people like meditation's not it. So like if you end up meditating, you have some big trauma coming up in your life, like you should probably go to therapy or something too. You know, it's not just meditation's not just going to heal all of it on its own, but it is proven to help um, amplify the effects of all those other healing modalities too. Uh, for people who may not do this, or this is kind of new, uh, new idea or concept, what is a good, like, do you have a good introductory? Well, this is exactly what I book. was going to oh, ask. Really? I'm like, so proud of you. Oh, okay. Well, I got there first. Good, so great. I get the credit for it. Do you <laughs> have like, uh, you know, like do this, like do uh, this, these exact steps to like get started or try it at home? Or Yeah. Can I can I do like a little practice with you guys? Oh sure, boy, sure. Yeah. With both of you guys. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's let's try this together. So, if you're willing and if you're comfortable, um, close your eyes for a moment. This will just be a couple minutes, and just try to step into this with both feet. I think like sometimes we go into things with like one foot in the pool and one foot out the pool. Like just go in yep. for two minutes, and then on the count of three, exhale everything out of your system through your nose. One, two. Three, exhale everything out through the nose. And now slowly inhale into your belly first and then let your breath come up into your chest and up into your heart, all the way up into your throat, your collarbone, even up into your jaw. Hold it for a second and open the mouth, let it out. Okay, just one more time like that. Deep breath in, even deeper this time. Now you know how it works. Belly first up into the chest and the heart, all the way up into the collarbone, the throat, the jaw, hold it. And open the mouth, let it out. And then place just one hand, whatever hand you want, over your chest. And this is actually scientifically proven to help release oxytocin into the body, which is kind of like a feel-good chemical. And I want you just for a moment, you listening right now, to imagine yourself living the life of your dreams. You have the job you want, you have the money you want, you're in the house you want, you have the relationship you want, and every challenge that comes up in your head that says why you couldn't do that, just for a moment, suspend them. Imagine you can rub a magic lamp, everything is possible. What would your life look like then? And just trust whatever comes up. You may have a bunch of different images kind of flashing by you, or you may have one moment that you landed on, but see if you can picture yourself now in the future, a future version of you that's living the life of your dreams. And then notice, what does that person look like? Are they indoor or are they outdoor? What are they wearing? Is there anybody else there with them? And see for a moment if you can just, in that space of imagination, look around you, even if it's incomplete, is there any colors or shapes or people or furniture or anything that you could pick up to give you some more details and some more colors of this future version of you? And now I have a question as you're in this space. What energy do you need to cultivate in your life right now today to become closer to being that person you see in that vision. And just trust the first thing that comes up. What energy do you need to cultivate in your life today to become that person that you see in that vision? And see if you can just land on a word or two or a phrase or anything that comes to you. And then take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And then open your eyes.
So what were your, what were your words? First word that came to mind was confidence. Mm. Cause like when I was thinking about what I wanted, it was like in a writer's room, like writing with other people. And then I was like, but I'm not as good as everyone else. Like that was the immediate, like why you can't, why I can't have that. Yep. So, so if you had the confidence, then it would help you step in my, into being in that space. Yeah. Yeah. It, confidence in my skills, abilities, self, uh, everything. Yeah. Did you have a word? Um, m- motivation. I, I'm motivation. actually pretty confident in my abilities. It's always the, the doing, the getting, like actually doing it is the hard part. And yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of time not doing and then feeling real shitty about it. And About not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So just the, the energy, the inertia, the motivation. To keep you going and yeah. to keep you moving forward. Because like you know what you need to do, but you need the motivation to make it happen. Yep. And so this that we just did was a meditation for creating your own unique mantra. And in the book, I call it your unique energy signature. And this was a word that literally is unique to you for the reasons that you want, that you can keep like meditating with this word to help you start stepping more fully into the life that you want. And so like your word would be motivation, motivation. And when you meditate, you would just think of this word, like let it bathe you, let it soothe you, let it overcome you. Like it could turn into a picture, you know, and you can use confidence and use that word to help you actually build that energy in your own life. And what the science has proven is that there's a part of our brain called the reticular activating system, which is a part of the brain that is how we focus and set intentions on things. And then we notice things in the world based on what the intention is. And so when we say my intention is confidence, my intention is motivation, it actually starts to show up in our world that way. And it's not like woo woo magic. It's literally (laughs) what we're telling the RAS is using our brain for. Do you have a word? So my first one, my first mantra ever uh, when I was 19 was complete authenticity, actually. Those are my words. Hmm. Uh, And so very interestingly, the same story, like, you know, really grew up living a life that I did everything by the book. Like I thought I did everything right. Like I grew up in a pretty rough environment with gunshot holes on the outside of my house and like did everything that I was supposed to do to get out. I got good grades. I got a full ride scholarship to go to UCLA. I I graduated with honors. I was doing all the things, but I still felt like shit inside. And I was like, wait, this is not the rules of the game. I did everything. Like how, how come this isn't working? And, uh, that's when meditation got introduced to me. And it was because that mantra was really good for me because I realized that the reason I still felt like shit inside was I was trying to change my whole external world to somehow start feeling good inside. And I needed to start to connect with myself inside to then create my external world based upon that. And that's really one of the big benefits of meditation is, is giving you the agency to do that. Hmm. I was trying like through that entire process, trying so hard to not make jokes and be a, <laughs> goes you guys did so very good. against my nature to not be like, what was your word? It was dicks. Like I, okay. I was actually expecting, I was actually expecting that. I, I know. Let me yeah. Down. That'd Let be me down. <laughs> I was trying my to mantra is dicks. <laughs> I want to accept them into my life and whole. <laughs> One of my friends, you guys, this is so good. So one of my friends, and this is like how you show this this stuff actually works. So she put a dildo on, like a huge dick on her altar that she has. And <laughs> she was like, cause she was like, how come I keep like meeting these dudes and they can't stay hard or they can't whatever and like all this kind of stuff. And she was like, I just am manifesting like a big hard dick. And I was like, girl, go ahead, manifest whatever the fuck you want, you know? So she's like, met, like her met in her meditation, she's like, big hard dick. Like, <laughs> 
I kid you not, no joke, like three weeks later, she's like dating this dude who has like, I seen the picture, it's definitely big. It's like, she's like, Justin, it even looks like the dildo that was on my altar. You, you too can conjure a giant dick into existence. <laughs> that's that's the guarantee if you buy this book. <laughs> that's what you want to use it for? I'm pretty sure it'll work. <laughs> um, so your book is called Stay Woke. A meditation guide for the rest of us. What else do you want to tell people, like where to find it or where to find you? Well, you can find me in the forest meditating under a tree <laughs> <laughs> with all the nuns. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, the only other thing that I w- would want to mention that's really important is something really cool that we're doing with the book tour, which is we're actually going to high schools and colleges in underprivileged neighborhoods all around the country. And we're giving away the book for free and doing these big kind of Ted talk music concert style events, teaching all the kids how to meditate, how to use these tools, because uh, a lot of the studies are showing that kids today, especially that are growing up in underprivileged communities, are struggling with a level of PTSD similar to returning war veterans coming back from Iraq. Mm-hmm. But there's literally nothing P post about it when it's like happening to them every day in real time. And so we're bringing this in as an intervention, and people can actually donate to help us go to more schools. And it's not a lot, it's like $8 gets us to a kid. You know, 15,000 is what gets us to a whole school and uh, people can be partners or sponsors and things like that. And so the website is staywokegiveback.org, staywokegiveback.org. And it's all a tax write off. And um, it just helps us bring these practices. We're going to like Flint, Michigan, Southside Chicago, Atlanta, Oakland, Baltimore, like we're going all over the country and we just wanna get this to as many kids as possible. So that's the most important thing that I can mention. That's awesome. We also yeah. didn't, um, we mentioned it earlier in the news section, but that it's Black History Month. We didn't yeah. ask or talk or say anything about that. Happy Black History Month. Is that a thing that people sure. say? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, I think the first person to tell me it. Oh, it okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I guess so. Anything um, that you're doing specifically this month or uh, people should do themselves? Yeah. No, I think, you know what, a really cool thing that people might consider doing is just looking up an article or something like that that's written by someone in the black community or buying a book from a black author who's doing something cool in the world because there are a lot of really amazing, like I think it's great to look back at history and we every year like want to look back at Martin Luther King and all of this and this is fantastic, but there really are some amazing people who are making history today and really pushing the agenda forward for the injustices that are still happening, you know, in prisons and things like this. So even if you just spent 20 minutes like actually reading an article that was written by someone in the community or um, looking at the project last year that I think the LA Times did on like the 400 years, I think it's called like 1619 Project, was really cool. Um, would just be great. Or you can buy my book because I'm a black author. <laughs> it's called Stay Woke. <laughs> awesome. Should we take a break? Yeah, yeah. Let's take a break. <laughs> I'm going to meditate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Oh, sorry. Are we back? You can... <laughs> yes. Yes. You looked at me yes. like, say something, Mike. Well, yeah. Sometimes I have to stare you down so you do what I want you to do. Okay. <laughs> we're back. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, Justin Michael Williams, where can people find you on social media and whatnot? Yeah, so on all social networks, I am at We Just Will. That's for Justin Williams. We Just Will on everything. And uh, my website's justinmichaelwilliams.com. And I actually 
um, for people who go there, there's like a, a free thing that you can do to create like an action plan for the whole 2020 and like use meditation to take action. And it's a free workshop that people can get on my website if they want to do that as well. Awesome. And where can people get your book? Is it going to be on Amazon? In it's on everything. Amazon, the... Barnes and Noble. You can go into the bookstore and grab it in some, in like most places. Um, yeah. So it's stay woke, a meditation guide for the rest of us. The easy place that you can go to is a stay woke, give And that the stay woke, give takes you to the tour. Stay woke, give takes you to the book. And that'll link you out to like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all that kind of stuff. And you can even get a free excerpt from the book if you want to check it out and all that. Cool. Awesome. Well, our website is gayishpodcast.com. There's no fundraising or book content there. So um, <laughs> all of our social media is at Gayish Podcast, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Our hotline. You can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. And our email is gmail at gayishpodcast.com our mailing address that we finally have it's great yeah. PO Box 19882 Seattle, Washington 98109 uh, Gayest and Straight is? yeah let's do our Gayest and Straight is. Uh, Justin Michael Williams do you want to go first? does sure. everyone say your full name? Like, uh, you a seem lot like, of people do it just seems like a <laughs> name that's like I like saying the full thing anyhow uh, go ahead People and they say it just like you say it, like really fast, like Justin Michael just Williams. Justin Michael Williams. Yeah. That's how people tend to say it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so my gayest thing is uh, actually really aligned with something that my friend posted on Facebook this week, um, and he said it perfectly, and I feel like my life matched it, which was, you know, you're gay as fuck when you can go on your entire Facebook feed and if aliens looked at it, they would know that Shakira and JLo performed, but they wouldn't know it was attached to a major sports game at all. <laughs> oh, like, so true. <laughs> that absolutely fits for me. How many times have you rewatched it? Um, twice. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your straightest thing? Okay, so my straight, <laughs> the straightest thing, so I've been traveling as I'm like getting ready for my book tour. And I think the straightest thing right now is that I literally only have with me one pair of shoes. Like I, uh. I'm like, I'm like wearing like running shoes, like gym shoes, like out with my jeans to like dinner right yeah. now, which is not very gay, you know, <laughs> not, yeah. not very me, but I've been committed to like only traveling with a carry on. So uh, yeah. I, uh, I have one pair of shoes with me on the road for the next month and a half. And I think I might have to buy another one, but it's been pretty, it's wow. been pretty straight. Uh, my gayest is that I bought fiber pills, uh, to, oh. to help with my butt cleanliness. Um, <laughs> and I think I, the recommendation on what to get came from the Facebook group. I think something posted about it and I was like, okay, just, I'm going to do this. I need to do this. It'll be helpful. And so I bought some, uh, the straightest, this is a two for which I love is the fact that I have not bought fiber pills until now. That mm -hmm. seems like, uh, like you should get in the gay kit when you come out is like, <laughs> here are your fiber pills. Let's go ahead and clean your shit out. I mean, well, if, literally, if, if you're going to buy literally, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone should. <laughs> I mean, everybody Part should, not doesn't mean everybody should. has. Oh uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my gayest answer is. Uh, let's see. The gayest thing about me this week, uh, we have been, we had our table read for Shakespeare uh, yesterday. So Romeo and Julian, we met with the cast. It's awesome to have like human beings. But mm -hmm. afterwards, um, I made Kyle watch uh, Baz Luhrmann's um, movie, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes from 97. 
Mm-hmm. Which I think the last time I watched it, I was straighter because the gayest <laughs> thing about me was checking out all the dudes. Paul Rudd is hot in that. Um, Jesse Bradford is the like little twink kid that's hot in that. He turned out hotter after he grew up, but he's hot in that. And then like the guy that the meathead that plays Benvolio is hot. <laughs> like, I got real nervous when you were into those kids and had to like. I think most were of age. I think they were of age. They were all of they... age. Okay. Yeah. You sound very confident in that, and I, I am my... less. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Well, yeah. the good thing is Paul Rudd looks exactly the same. So, that's, like, you if you're into him now, you were into him for all of his life. Like, yeah, absolutely true. Just, yeah. He just looks right into your soul. Okay, great. The strangest thing about me this week, so uh, on Thursday I went out because I, like, have zero days off between now and mid-April to do it. So it's like, if I'm going to go out Thursday or, like, it's going to be May. So I went out. When I get drunk, I pick up my friends and carry them around. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just is a thing that I do. And I don't know why it's straight, but it seems it feel, straight. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's not something. That feels like a like something from your frat days. Yeah. Of like, let's do weird shit when we're drunk. Yeah, let's, we were closing down each the, other. We were closing down the bar, and, and I just like picked up Derek and started moving toward the exit. And he goes, "I love not walking." <laughs> <laughs> it was great. That's Can amazing. I just say, you said it's gonna be May. I uh, did, did you did you hear I, it? Yes. The way I heard it right away. I was like, this sounds <laughs> gay. Like meme, like I, right away. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. It's like Christmas, like that meme starts showing up earlier and earlier, yeah, and yeah. yeah. I wonder if he would let me pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Probably not. Uh, this has been Gayish. A special thank you to Justin Michael Williams for being here. Thank you so much. It's great having you on again. Yeah, thanks for being you here. Guys. Good luck on the tour. Thank you. Um, do we have any thank yous? Nah. No. Thank you to myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This has been Gayish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. See you next week. Again. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs>